0: And for more on this, we're joined on the line by CPF Cluster Chairperson Hanif Lunat. Thanks for your time this morning.
1: It's a pleasure, Sukina, and greetings to my fellow listeners of SAFM. Um,
0: Mr. Lunat, what is the situation currently like in Mitchell's Plain?
1: It's volatile. It's, it's created a, a million that's not uh, con- conducive for our youth and our residents in area to live in
0: so, given that the situation uh, seems to have, you know, gone on unabated for the longest time, what kind of intervention do you think is needed in Mitchell's Plain and other gang-affected areas like Manenburg?
1: It's unfortunate that our partners in the Department of Community Safety and the South African Police Service, having what we've been preaching for a long time, that is to educate our communities, rather than speaking to these gangsters. Uh, by speaking to these gangsters, uh, we are actually giving them the recognition and the power to, 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 to increase the, the membership. What we should be instead doing is speaking to the communities and saying that we together, by mobilizing them, are going to rid our communities of gangsters and drugs. And in this way, we're going to successfully eliminate the scourge that is uh, uh, really putting our people in a, pre- a predicament. Our youth are being recruited by these unscrupulous members of our communities on a daily basis, which we can't afford, we can ill afford, uh, and this isn't conducive, and I honestly believe that we should be unitingly fighting the scourge that, that is terrorizing us and holding us to siege.
0: So have you engaged the Department of uh, Community Safety regarding your views on this matter, and what has been the response?
1: Uh, it, it, It reaches deaf ears. They believe they're doing the right thing. The fact that they've come up with a, especially the Department of Community Safety in the Western Cape, using church leaders, religious leaders, to intervene instead of using the uh, Neighborhood watches and the CPF and its conduits, they're using church leaders who are unscrupulously using these funds for everything other than the purpose it's intended. Uh, there's corruption in this uh, project that they've come up with, uh, and I can prove that this is not helping us one bit. Many of these organizations that are, claim, are putting claim to this fund that have been made available, are those that are from the gangsters. They've become church leaders and still have links with their gangs that they were members of. Now, this is simple. We know that once you're a gangster, you can never walk away from being a gangster. You can become a preacher, you can become what you want to. But at the end of the day, you will always remain a gangster because you will be hunted down by those that you serve.
0: But how is the community dealing with this? Because, you know, again, these gangsters, they are members of the community. They come from families within those communities.
1: Precisely, Sekhira. That's what I'm saying. That we need to mobilize and remind our communities that you are actually the ones that should be blamed for the existence of gangsters in your area. Because, now there's reasons why gangsters are, are protected by communities, our people are destitute. Many are impoverished. So obviously what happens is they depend on the funds that these gangsters put on their tables. They fund their schools, uh, kids' school fees. They fund their rent. They fund their lights and water. Which, which the state in itself is not doing. So what happens, they're looking for an alternative to fund all these daily expenses. Uh, the daily necessities and who they look at is these gangsters and these gangsters are serving these communities as if they are social services and obviously they then become obligated to these gangsters at the expense of our communities. How do we stop it? It's all uh, holistically all the departments within the ministries need to come to the table and say how do we change this around? Let us serve our people in the manner that they deservedly should be and um, unfortunately that's not happening yesterday, just yesterday I spoke about amenities, both sporting and uh, other facilities is non-existent in the K-flats, we were talking of a simple thing like cinemas do you know the nearest cinema that our kids in the K-flats can go to is Cavendish and uh, Canal Walk Waterfront, and obviously a little bit in the Mitchell's Plain. Now these kids have to get onto onto uh, public transport to get to these uh, cinemas, and the fact that it's non-existent in the Cape Flats it makes them vulnerable because in the taxis they get recruited, they get introduced to drugs, and obviously the expenses incurred in fulfilling just one aspect of their life, and that's to go and see a movie. Now, if we can create more cinemas, bring more sporting facilities, indoor sports facilities, because I come from Gauteng, and I know in the Gauteng area, practically every town has an indoor facility, which makes it useful for our communities, and they can utilize that, keep our kids alternatively occupied.
0: Well, thanks so much for that, uh, CPF Cluster Chairperson Hanif Lunat. And we join on the line now by Mayoral Committee Member for Safety and Security in the city of Cape Town, J.P. Smith. Thanks for speaking to us this morning, Mr. Smith. Good morning. Now, I'm sure you've heard what Mr. Lunat has had to say, but what is your reaction to this past week's gang activities in Mitchell's Plain?
2: Well, can I just start by saying I don't agree with everything um, Mr. Lunat has said. I work with him closely. But in this case, he's not entirely correct. We, um, I can't speak for the Department of Community Safety. They must speak for themselves. But remember, when the city controls 3% of the police in the city of Cape Town, SAP controlled the other 97%. <clears throat> so the question must firstly be, well, what have SAP done? How many arrests have there been for the murders? How many people have been charged? And out of that, we must determine how many people get convicted. Because that's the whole problem with gang violence in the Cape Flats: is that nobody is arrested. And in the rare case that people are arrested, there are very few convictions. And that's the critical issue here that we must measure.
0: So and why is you that the case? The gangsters
2: are running around killing, and what will stop them if they are not convicted? So well, that said, the court tries to do, has now tried to move into much of this space that is not effectively being occupied by the criminal justice system. And uh, we've created our gang and drug unit. We've created our um, stabilisation unit. We're going to try and do really deep inns of Mannenberg, um, just to make a real dent in the Mannenberg uh, situation, to see if we can, uh, if you sustain an operation, if you can really disrupt and dismantle some of the gang infrastructure. And in the meantime, the gang and drug task team will also be um, uh, looking to see if we can uh, to go after.
0: Mr. Smith, this has been a long running situation. So what are you going to do differently this time around? Oh, we seem to have lost uh, JP Smith there. Um, We'll try and see if we can get him back. But obviously, a very worrying situation if, um, you know, people are not getting arrested. And uh, more importantly, even if they do get arrested when they are not convicted, because what sort of message does that send out to the community? But also, you know, um, Mr. Lunat, they're lamenting, um, you know, the fact that the communities actually lack recreational facilities that these uh, children could possibly use. Um, is also a cause for concern. But uh, we do have uh, Mr. J.P. Smith back. Mr. Smith, I was asking, you know, um, uh, this uh, situation on the Cape Flats with gangsterism has been going on for quite some time. So what are you going to do differently this time around to try and deal with it?
2: Okay. I don't know where we got cut off, but I was explaining to you that we control only 3% of the police. So there is a limit to how much the city is going to deliver, and we control no part of the criminal justice system. That is all exclusively under the control of SAP um, and the national government. So all these questions you must ask of national government because the failure to get anything more than a 2% conviction rate for for gang crimes is what allows the gangsters to carry on killing. If you're not convicted and put away, you can carry on doing what you do every day. So the city is part of moving to some of the space that national government isn't being effective in. We've created the Gang and Drug Task Team on the stabilization unit and we're trying to do a proof of concept in Manenberg where we have now assembled all the bits we need, my special investigations unit, the uh, gang about casting for the targeted operations and the stabilization unit to saturate the area. We're going to see if we are, if we do a really deep cleanse of Manenberg for three months, if we can completely dismantle, severely disrupt that gang infrastructure, destroy the gang economy around gang and um, guns and drugs, and go after some of the leadership working with asset and forfeiture and trying to get some more convictions there. And Ah. if that works, that's a model for us to expand to other neighborhoods. But quite frankly, these are things that national governments should be doing. The fact that the city has to move into this space is very problematic.
0: What about the lack of um, facilities and amenities that, you know, the people of the Cape Flats can actually make use of and hopefully can be used to actually deter young people from uh, falling prey to gangsterism?
2: I'm not sure that I completely agree with that statement. I mean, certainly the city can't be blamed for cinemas. Cinemas is not a local government competency. Mitchell's Plain has, uh, as an example, has three um, shopping nodes uh, in, in Mitchell's Plain, and uh, they have cinemas there. That, um, Mr. Lunak might well have been referring to some other um, neighborhoods, but you know, I grew up in a in a large neighborhood on the eastern side of the city. We didn't have a cinema. The nearest cinema was also some distance away and okay. we didn't uh, engage the violence but there are um, sporting facilities. The problem is you can't begin to run effective sporting facilities and after hour facilities when the bullets are flying. So the first thing that has to happen in some of these committees for those facilities to start up and work is stabilisation. You first have to get the shooting to stop and we're doing a lot of social investment at the moment. Bannerburg <laughs> is about to get investment which was playing at a 300 million rand investment in public open space upgrades and facilities.
0: Mr. Smith, with respect, you sound as though you are saying, well, you know, the people of uh, the the Cape Flats basically need to take charge of the situation themselves first because you keep telling me what it is that the city cannot do. So what is it that the city can do to actually help with this situation?
2: Well, I think the distortion in the narrative here is the fact that a major player when it comes to crime is missing in this conversation at the moment and keeps its head below the battlements, forcing everybody else who doesn't have the power to fix these things to to fall around frantically and try and resolve things. But from our side, we're doing a great deal. Aside from the, what, now 46 million rand a year that we spend on, on this, um, fighting gangsterism on a dedicated basis with policing efforts, uh, none of which happened before 2006, we have also made huge investments in, uh, for instance, through the violence prevention through urban upgrading program in Harare, and other nodes in Kailicha where a very significant expenditure was made. Inava Park, Manenberg, and Nyanga are all about to benefit from the same, and some of the work there has started already. Um, and there are uh, entrepreneur development programs. There's matrix drug treatment clinics. Um, there are after-hour programs. There are mod centers in many communities, including in Mitchell's Plain, where youngsters can go after hours and be kept busy. Um, so the city has made very substantial investments in partnership with the province. So far from saying the communities have to, to take this, as Mr. Lunat is in fact suggesting, I am saying that we are very much taking ownership of a problem of which we have comparatively little control. And we're making very substantial investments, including Mr. Lunat's pet issue, um, where I very strongly agree with him, and that's CPS, where some years ago the city didn't get involved in all in watches, and now we spend at least 1.4 million rand a year training network watchers, scanning out jackets, torches, bicycles, training them up as law enforcement auxiliary members. We're the only city in South Africa that has a policing reserve service. And uh, through that, empowering them to do their own work more effectively. So we've invested and partnered very extensively with the community.
0: And um, just a quick one before I let you go, uh, another issue that uh, Mr Lunat raised about uh, the city basically engaging, uh, the, the, the government engaging the gangsters and uh, in so doing actually legitimizing them.
2: Well, he's referring to a problem run by the Department of Community Safety in which they um, partnered with a community, with an organization, or you can refer to as core um, which try to broker some ceasefires between the gangsters, and, and that's a strategy that they stand by, that they say is correct. Mr. Luna disagrees with that strategy. Um, I have a different take on the matter. The city has targeted its work on the individual, higher risk individuals. So we we go after especially young people who are just starting to get into the gang through our ceasefire operation in, in um, Annaba Park, which has had very impressive results. In Hanover Park, we've managed to bring down the attempted murder rate by 34% and the actual murder rate by 52%, and that's according to the crime stat, not my wishful thinking, and that has been successful, and that's a a sustained pattern over three years compared to the three years before that, so we're expanding that, and that targets the individual youngsters who get sucked into this lifestyle in an attempt to pull them out of it.